Yo, 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 yo. Good evening and happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to episode 84 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Another week, another Football Fridays episode I'll be bringing you as I will do a brief recap of the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals Thursday night thriller. I'll give you what I believe are the best games of week four in the NFL this Sunday and also give you what I believe are the best games of week five in college football coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get right into it. Well, you know I'm going to start my opening take, and that's in the NFL. I'm going to start out with the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Give you a brief recap. The Cincinnati Bengals won this game 24-21 on a game-winning field goal by their kicker, McPherson. Joe Burrow had a pretty good game, 348 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd was a leading receiver with 118 yards, and Jamar Chase, his college teammate, had 77 yards. Now the Bengals improved to 3-1, and one, and they're tied with Baltimore for the lead in the division, and possibly could be tied with Cleveland if Cleveland wins this Sunday. And they're all looking down at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Now Trevor Lawrence... At only 204 yards, no touchdowns, and no picks. For the Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow was showing why he was the number one pick. I mean, last year he was playing well until he um, tore up his knee. But it's glad to see he's back and is playing well thus far. Now, we don't know how long, how far the Bengals are going to go this year. But it remains to be seen what they do in their division when they take on Baltimore and Cleveland. As for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, this is just growing pains. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is just trying to figure it out how to win games in this league. And Urban Meyer is trying to figure out how to win games as a coach in this league. As he said last week to Denver's um, head coach, Vic Vangio, playing the NFL is like playing a bunch of Alabamas. Well, it's time to adjust, Urban Meyer, because unlike what you had in college, there are no cupcakes in the NFL, even if teams have a losing record. Now let's go on to what I believe are the best games of week four in the NFL. I'm going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys versus the Carolina Panthers. Now the Carolina Panthers are off to a surprising 3-0 start. I mean, the Cowboys are 2-1, and one, which, I mean, I think it can be expected. I mean, I mean, Dak Prescott coming back was going to give Dallas a boost. And that's what has done thus far. I mean, he's played lights out thus far thus far this season. And Zeke Elliott and, and Tony Pollard have done well in the running game. This game, they're going to need their receivers, which they didn't read them, really need them that much Monday night versus the Eagles, so... Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are going are, are to have to show themselves this week. As for the Panthers, this is, a, this, is a, this is a good test for them. I mean, 
I mean, especially their defense. I mean, you got Dallas with all these weapons. So they're gonna be they're gonna be challenged, especially vertically down the field. And of course for Carolina, Sam Donald, I mean, he's gotta continue to play like he's been playing. And of course, they're not gonna have no Christian McCaffrey this week. But Chubba Herbert, the rookie um running back, is gonna have to step it up. And they and he's and Sam Donald's gonna need some receiver play from DJ Moore Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall Jr. Now the advantage Carolina has in this game is they played last Thursday so they had like a mini bye while Dallas is coming off a short week but still I don't think Carolina is ready for Dallas I mean, for a team of this caliber. I think Carolina's going to keep it close. I think it's going to go down to the fourth quarter. But I think in the end, I think right now, Dallas is playing good on both sides of the ball. I mean, we already know what they got offensively. Defensively, they've been better. I mean, Dan Quinn has got these guys playing. I mean, they're one of the top defenses in the NFL through the first three weeks. So, I'm going to go with Dallas to pull this game out 24-20. Now, let's go on to the Cleveland Browns versus the Vikings. Now, this, I think, could be a sneaky good game. I mean, the Vikings could easily be 3-0. They lost two games at the very end. The first game against the Bengals on a field goal. And then... Against Arizona, the kicker missed a chip shot field goal. But they were able to bounce back nicely and take it to the Seahawks. Now the Browns, they're 2-1, they're and, and they're looking to be tied with Baltimore and the Cincinnati Bengals for that top spot in the NFC North. In the AFC North, I'm sorry. So Baker Mayfield... Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. And let's see if we can see another appearance from Odell Beckham Jr. to see if they can get him the ball some. Now for the Vikings, I mean, Delvin Cook is questionable, but even if he can't go, I mean, Alex Madison showed he can pick up the slack. And of course, Justin Jefferson, their top receiver, I mean, they better know, the Cleveland Browns secondary better know where he's at at all times. And, of course, don't sleep on um, Adam Thielen. I think this game's going to be close. I think um, Kevin Stavangio, this is where he got his start at in Minnesota. So you know he's going to be looking to beat his former team that he was the offensive coordinator for. So, but Minnesota, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't trust their defense that much. I think I trust Cleveland's a little more with Miles Garrett and Davion Clowning. So I think in a close game, as I say, I believe this is gonna be a sneaky good game. So I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Browns to win this game. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah, I think the Browns are gonna win this game 27 to 23. Now let's go to what I believe is the game of the week. And no, I'm not talking about 
the Brady Belichick Bowl, which I will touch on that shortly. I'm going to go into the two teams that are in the best division in football. Actually, the best division in football is going to be on full display for the next two to three weeks. So let's go ahead and start off with the LA Rams will be hosting the Arizona Cardinals. This will be a battle for first place in the NFC West. I believe the the key to this game is going to be the running game. I mean, yeah, both of these teams are off to fast starts at 3-0. But if you look at the statistics, both of these teams are not running the ball that well. I mean, for the Rams, Henderson is is their leading rusher with only 123 yards rushing. And for the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds is I mean, has 135 yards. I mean, these are the leading running back rushers for their teams. Now, I get it. You know, Kyler Murray's been lighting up, you know, with with DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, A.J. Green had his first uh, 100-yard game in three years. And, of course, Matthew Stafford, I mean, has been lighting it up as the quarterback of the Rams, you know, with Cooper Cup. But still, you know both of these teams' defensive coordinators are going to be preparing for the for, for the for the passing games, and of course for the Rams, they'll be preparing for Kyler Murray to run the ball. So I believe the key is which team can run the ball effectively. But even though I think both defenses are playing well. I think I trust the Rams defense just a little bit better, a little bit more than I trust the Cardinals. So this is the first of two matchups. So I'm gonna give this first one to the Rams, 34 to 31. Now let's go to the Seahawks versus my Niners. Now both teams are gonna be looking to bounce back. I mean, the loser of this game could actually be last in the division. I mean, the Seahawks, if they go one and three, there's going to be a lot of talk. And of course, if my Niners lose, they'll be two and two, and there'll be a lot of talk there as well. But both teams are coming into this this game banged up. I mean, it's been said that Tyler Lockett, for the Seahawks, one of their best receivers, he has a hip injury. He's questionable. And they say DK Metcalf is questionable, but I expect those guys to be there. Especially DK Metcalf. Of course, for my Niners, you know, Josh Norman is hurt. They say he's highly doubtful. I mean, there's been so much stuff out there all day. That's making my head spin. But the most important person for the Niners is George Kittle. I mean, he's dealing with calf soreness. And it's been it's been said that he's questionable. Now, of course, George Kittle in the interview said, if his body says he can, he will be out there. And of course, Coach Kyle Shanahan has been pouring a little cold water there saying, it's not guaranteed George Kittle's going to play. So I'm like, which is it? Is he going to play or is he not going to play? I'll just say this briefly. 
If George Kittle can be out there, great. But if he's not 100% and can't move or can't be effective and get those explosive plays that the Niners need, I'm not going to put him out there. It's just one division game. And the season is long. 17 games. And then, of course, got Arizona next week, and then you have a bye. So... If he's not 100%, I'd rather not see him out there this week or even next week and just go into the bye and have him 100% so they can go the rest of the way because after week six, they play every week. So, that being said, I'm going to be looking for two things. The start and the finish. For my Niners, last two weeks, they've been starting off slow and hasn't gotten going till the end of the half. That's got to change. They have to be able to start fast, and they got to be able to finish fast. And Kyle has to establish the running game. I mean, the running game has not been much of a factor the last two weeks. That has to change. Now, the Seahawks, statistically, is pretty terrible thus far. But you know they're looking to get back on track. Jamal Adams already said that this is the day that the defense plays better. Well, he may, we didn't make my need to make sure he breaks that promise. This game is gonna gonna be determined by which defenses come up with the um, the most stops, because both defense have been struggling, including my Niners. Even though it doesn't it doesn't look it, but they struggled last week, and Seahawks have been struggling since the season started. And the Niners are on a five-game losing streak at home. I believe they break that this week. I believe Jimmy is going to um, have a good game. I believe after all the defensive elapses last week, I believe the defense and D'Amico Ryans will have it together just enough, just enough to slow Russell Wilson down, and they'll be on the winning end of a game-winning field goal. So I'm going to go with my Niners. If you know it's going to be tough, and I'm a little antsy, I'm going to give them the 26-23 victory. Now, let's move on to the Belichick Brady Bowl, a.k.a. Tampa Bay versus New England. Now, of course, there's a lot of talk surrounding this game. I mean, you can tell... Everything is being done to hype up this game. I mean, Tom Brady returns to New England, the place where he started his career, that he spent 20 years and won six Super Bowl titles with Bill Belichick. And of course, you have his trainer coming out saying Belichick never never evolved, basically treated Tom Brady like a rookie. You got Tom Brady's father coming out, talk about how they pushed um, Tom Brady out the door. Of course, Tom Brady being typical Tom Brady saying, look, things ended perfectly. Despite the fact that it came out that, you know, they didn't even talk. They, they ended the, their relationship by phone instead in person. Okay. I mean, the way this sounds to me, and this is just me. I mean, you can agree or disagree. 
But it sounds like celebrity gossip. The way they, all this stuff is coming out about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's relationship. I mean, look, they won six Super Bowls. They went to nine of them. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, sometimes relationships end. I mean, that's just the way it is. But as far as as far as the game on paper, this is not really much of a game, in my view. I mean, Brady Brady and company have more weapons than the Patriots right now. I mean, they're gonna get one back in Antonio Brown, but of course Gronk is doubtful with sore ribs. As I said before, if you're doubtful, you're not playing. So you'll probably be out there on the sidelines, but. I don't think he's And Richard Sherman, which I'm sad to see, is in a um, Tampa Bay uniform. He got signed this week. And he's going to be playing. So, I'm going to... I believe this game will be close for a half. And then in the second half, Tom Brady's just going to tee off on the Patriots defense. And break this game wide open. Mac Jones, I believe, is going to struggle for the second week in a row. And I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win this game 37-17. Now let's go with another big matchup. And this is on Monday night. This is between arguably maybe the second best division in football. The AFC West. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders versus the L.A. Chargers. Now, the Raiders are going to be looking for a 4-0 start and possibly a lead in the AFC West Division. I mean, they could be tied with the Broncos again, which I'm just going to say this briefly. I'm going to go with the Broncos to upset in Baltimore this week. I think I think they're, they're good on both sides of the ball. Baltimore is somewhat struggling on defense and on offense. Lamar Jackson is hurting. So I, I believe Den, Den, Denver's gonna, defense is going to show out this week. That's just something brief. But getting on to this matchup, the Chargers and the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr versus Justin Herbert. I think we're in for some fireworks here. I mean, this, of course, is going to come down to the defenses, I believe. Because I believe this is going to be a high scoring game. And while the Raiders' defense under Gus Bradley has shown some improvements, I still got to see more. I know I'm being picky and I'm being hard on the Raiders' defense, but I'm just, I just, I just right now I'm just not ready to say that they're a great defense. They're okay defense, and it's gotten them by thus far. But I need to see more. Now for the Chargers. I think their defense is a little bit better. Joey Bosa and that guy, Asante Samuel Jr., that rookie, I mean, he's been playing lights out. I would love to see Asante Samuel Jr. match up with the speeds of Henry Ruggs, even though I know that's probably not going to happen a lot of the times because it's just not that kind of defense. But it would be great to see. I believe this game is going to come down to who has the ball last. I believe the Chargers are going to pull this game out. 31 to 28. Now that will include what I believe are the best games in the NFL this week. 
Now let's move on to college football. And like the NFC West in the, in the NFL, the best division in college football is going to be on display. And let's start with Arkansas versus Georgia. Arkansas had a big win over number seven, Texas A&M, last week. Now they're, going to, now they're going through their three-way gauntlet. Will they take on Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn? Now, this will be a big feather in their cap if they're able to pull off a, a victory against another top 25 team. I mean, they did it second week of the season versus Texas, and they did it last week against Texas A&M. But this is going to be a tall order. I mean, Georgia has the number one defense in college football. So KJ Jefferson is going to need both his arm and his legs. And he's going to need his receiving core to come through for him. I mean, so Traylon Burks, he needs you. And, And Traylon Smith, the running back, Jefferson needs you. They need to have a balanced attack. They got to somehow use this defense aggressiveness against them. But I can't say I'm going to be on there on the on the wagon this week of Arkansas, as I think Georgia's defense is too good. And I believe um, JT Daniels is going to do enough against Arkansas to propel them to what I believe will be a twenty. 16 victory and now after this game will be Ole Miss versus Bama Nick Saban once again facing one of his old assistants and basically he's just rule them all I mean he's undefeated against his assistants last year Ole Miss put up 48 points versus Alabama Here's the problem. The defense gave up 63 with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. And their defense is going to have to deal with another good quarterback and Bryce Young, who's actually played quite well thus far. But don't sleep on Ole Miss. They got a pretty good quarterback too. And Matt Corral. I mean, this guy has nearly a thousand yards passing and nine touchdown passes. And the guy is pretty athletic as well. So for they're, he, they're gonna and we all know the type of teams that beat Alabama. Athletic quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, Joe Burrow. And they're gonna need that athleticism of Matt Correll, both in the running game and in the passing game to beat Alabama. Now, of course, Lane Kiffin has been like, was a little salty because college game day didn't um, come to um, Tuscaloosa and brought the game game crew with them. Oh, well, whatever. Either way, it's not going to mean anything whether they do or not if he can't beat Alabama. Now, I don't think they're going to put up 48 points this time against Alabama. I think they're going to put 10 less points up. 
But I think in the end, Alabama is going to show why they are the better team, why they're the top in the um, SEC West. And Nick Saban is going to show that he's still king. Alabama wins this late, 41-38. Now for my final game, and that's Cincinnati, number seven in the country, versus Notre Dame, number nine. Now, Notre Dame is coming off a 41-13 win over Wisconsin. Now, Jack Cohen, who got hurt in that game, is expected to play this week. But I'm still not on the Notre Dame bandwagon. I still don't trust them. Their defense, yeah, it played better, but... I mean, look, Wisconsin is offensively challenged. So I'm not going to look at that as a um, barometer of their of improvement. Because a couple of weeks, because the last couple of weeks prior to that, their defense has given up a lot of points and yardage. And they're going to be playing a very athletic quarterback in Desmond Rid- Ritter. I mean, this guy already has seven touchdown passes already, and he's an athletic quarterback. And you know this is going to be a big statement game for the Cincinnati Bearcats if they can go into South Bend and upset Notre Dame. And you know what? I'm going to go out and limb and say that's what's going to happen. That's right. I'm going with Cincinnati to come out. I look for Desmond Ritter to have a big game I believe this will put him as one of the top candidates for the Heisman Trophy. And here's another thing that the Bearcats have. They have a strong running game. I mean, they're averaging five yards a carry. And like I say, against a defense like Notre Dame, I think they can do some damage. And I believe they will do some damage. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati Bearcats to go into South Bend, upset Notre Dame, 27-21. to 21. Now that will conclude this segment of the best games in college football, week five. And now that will conclude episode 83 of Sports Takes Galore. 84, I'm sorry, of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for downloading. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. And also you can follow my Facebook page at Sports Takes Galore with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone again for listening. Thank you for downloading. Have a wonderful evening. Enjoy the games this weekend. And we'll talk again again on Tuesday. Bye-bye.